This podcast was created as a part of Podcast Lab by India Film Project in association with Anchor by Spotify. Hey everyone, welcome to the Closet Writer Chronicles. I'm your host Sangeeta, aka The Moody Marshmallow. We're going to be doing things a little differently this week. I'm going to be interviewed by Megha Vasudevan. You might remember her from our season opener Rainbow Raven and her episode is currently the most streamed one this season. We chat about how the Closet Writer Chronicles came to be. and about my journey into writing and what that's been like i hope you enjoy this conversation hey guys welcome back to the closet writer chronicles uh, as you know today is a very special episode uh, i am going to be interviewed by the one and only mega vasudevan who is <laughs> <Hello>. our <laughs> Hi Mega. So as some of you know, Mega is happens to be our most streamed episode this season right now. <laughs> uh and she's going to do the honors of interviewing me. So hi Mega. Welcome back. Hi. <laughs> hi, good to be back. Oh my god. We're off to a great start as you can see. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I'm I'm no, but I am excited to chat with you and hopefully Uh, I'm able to give good answers now that I'm on the hot seat. Now I know what my guests <laughs> go through. But uh, yep. yeah, whatever yeah, the fire is under your seat now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let's do this. The proverbial fire. Okay, uh, I'm gonna lead in like with. Um, so I took a lot of inspiration from the questions that you asked me, and to be honest, I also googled some things. No because worries. while while there were things that I think I personally did want to know about. um like this podcast how you came about this and like your journey in general there are obviously things that i was just like okay maybe i need help with what to ask to make it seem interesting yeah google's your best friend for sure google's everyone's best friend yeah um so just to kick us off uh i guess my first question would be to ask you um what inspired you to create this podcast or like this series in general like it it started on instagram as like the post and now you've made it a podcast so what inspired you to create it and why did you choose to make this idea out of all of the other content that you have why did you choose to make this into your podcast series yeah um yeah love that question um so yeah as you know for those who don't so initially the closet writer chronicles was started as a series of instagram posts uh, on my public page which is marshmallow musings um so the idea of actually starting that series was to kind of showcase um writers who weren't really getting any kind of recognition because mm-hmm. i mean it's great to know about established writers ones that are doing really well and stuff be it on social media or otherwise but you know the truth mm-hmm. is there's so many people who are kind of who enjoy creativity and who do kind of experiment with it and do their own thing on the side and who aren't so public about it either because you know they yeah. don't want to be or because 
they have that obviously innate fear of putting their work out because it is scary to you know kind of publicly mm-hmm. put your work out and you know be judged so to speak so yeah it was really a way to kind of help sort of find that talent or those people who were you know writing and showcase that and give them like a small platform of sorts to see you know what mm-hmm. kind of reception they're getting and you know if it could act as a nudge to let them you know write more or you know put out their work more then th- mm-hmm. it would have been like great so that was mainly my agenda of doing it so i started as an instagram series because i thought that would be more comfortable for people um because you know they just had to like write and send me the work and i would either design it or they design the post themselves mm-hmm. and i just post it but what yeah. happened during that process was i would end up having these conversations with these writers and mm-hmm. i realized i was taking back a lot more from those conversations and at one point you know i thought you know it would be kind of cool to put out this like because say i've i've had say conversations even say with you mega or with my other guests yeah. like say uh, an ashwin chabria or uh, rave or whoever and you know we talk about like really uh, we talk about the craft of writing we talk about like philosophical mm-hmm. things and it's it gets really interesting and i in general love like these one on one deep conversations so <laughs> um and it it so happened that i was also working with bound at the time on their podcast the book people and that's yes. when i saw the power of audio content because i could see the reach and i could see the impact it was having and i thought yeah. you know why not you know i i was toying with the idea at that point i was like maybe i could do something like this but of course there was the fear of you know will people be willing to have these conversations like recorded conversations and have like god knows how many people listen to it so that that was yeah. definitely <laughs> a fear but then and then it just so happened that the podcast lab was happening by um india film project and you know anchor by spotify and i just thought it might give me credibility if i get through and thankfully mm-hmm. i did so we're here today making this podcast <laughs> but um yeah that was really the idea of you know doing it and yeah it's been we're like 10 11 episodes in now we're in our mid season break right now so <laughs> hopefully it's going well hopefully people are enjoying uh, the show and i'm so grateful to all my guests till now who've agreed to be you know a part of this and uh, yeah i i hope everyone's yeah. taking something from this for sure I know I definitely did. I think after that first podcast came out and then I actually heard like I cringe hearing myself on recording most <laughs> of the time. But <laughs> but after like hearing that first podcast come out and I've obviously listened to a few of the other guests it's it it is such an interesting active conversation to have like in this like the what I would say is like the Indian writers mm. community. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um so in line with that you've been through like as you said 11 interviews now and you're you're like halfway through um and so many artists and creatives uh, have been on the show mm-hmm. um how has that journey been like um just in general making the podcast recording it having all these different intriguing conversations yeah. from Yeah I mean it's it's been a really it has been a really fascinating journey I think okay first of all when I got in for the program because I had nothing prepared I literally I got in and I remember the day I got like the announcement came out I literally just reached out to all the people I had featured on Instagram I remember reaching out to mm-hmm. you and like 
yeah. on six yeah six other people i had featured and thankfully everyone said yes so i was like okay at <laughs> least i have an initial lineup of guests so i was sorted i was like okay then after that what i did was i made i sat and made a list of like say 50 people i wanted to interview because okay. you don't know who's going to say no who's going to say yes what's going to happen all that and then yeah. gradually i just started reaching out to people from there and till now whoever i've interviewed have been people i know to some degree personally also so it's been yeah. a little easier in the sense that i have some sense of what the person like who the person is so mm-hmm. i have some vague idea of like okay this is the direction i want to take the conversation and these are the nerves i can touch while you know talking about things and obviously yeah. i make the process as collaborative as possible because beforehand i'll you know i'll tell them what the format is what the process is i'll send in questions beforehand to make sure you know they're mm-hmm. comfortable then of course during the recording if you know they're not comfortable answering something or they've said something and later they say hey i'm not too comfortable about this i'll definitely you know uh, see what i can do in the edit about it because i can understand you know you're putting yourself out there it's not easy and i'm very respectful yeah. of that and i re- i really want i really want my guests to have fun more than anything i want them to yeah. really enjoy the conversation enjoy the process and more than being an interview i wanted to feel like you know like we're getting coffee somewhere or like a drink at some restaurant we're just chilling and we're having like a fun conversation and yeah. also it's like questions i genuinely want to ask and they're not not always necessarily related to writing yes creativity and writing is a part of it but i also want to get to mm-hmm. know their life journeys what their professional lives have been that because i've interviewed like th- there's an episode i've done with like indra reddy who's setting up a school in chennai so we talk about education yeah. then there's another mm-hmm. one with sameer soni who's an engineer we talk about indian engineering and you know um, <laughs> because he's like a typical engineer profile and you know we talk about that we kind of we <laughs> we poke fun at it but it's a very real you know issue that a lot of like people go through so we talk about yeah. that so it's really it's a lot of it's a combination of different things so it's almost like you're listening into a, this private conversation between two people as creepy as that sounds but it's really <laughs> it's uh, it's really that and um now i feel like i'm rambling uh, wait what was your question <laughs> <laughs> how how has the journey been which i think you you pretty much Yeah, almost okay. covered with I think what I could gather from that is that it it was very exciting and like yes. eye opening for you to have like all these different conversations with everybody. Yeah, for sure. And I like I said I love like these one-on-one conversations because the first thing I'm like okay, this is okay, this is a person I could interview. What questions do I have in general for this person? What would I love to know? Like for example, okay, like recently I had a conversation with this musician Sahil Bhargav. and mm-hmm. interestingly when i was researching about him like one thing that like i literally i found was that uh, he has a certain degree of color blindness and he's into mm-hmm. animation which i was like oh, how wow. does yeah which i was like how does that work and i remember <laughs> i asked him i was like listen are you comfortable with me asking and he was like yeah yeah totally and we spoke about that so there are like these interesting things that come out okay so i just have fun with it honestly Yeah. And I I think it definitely shows like when you listen to the podcast you can tell that people are also like everyone you're interviewing is also comfortable because it doesn't feel like they're being grilled for questions <laughs> it's just like yeah like like you said it's it's ends up just being a conversation between two friends but it's recorded and it's publicized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, so hopefully everyone's <laughs> enjoying themselves from this. Yeah. <laughs> 
So like speaking of like, because uh, obviously, as you've said, you've interviewed people that are in the education industry, in the music industry, engineering industry, but as like, like hopefully by now everyone knows you are a writer yourself, a uh, um, content creator, if I can yes. put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think has or did change um, in your inspirations for writing through this process? Like after all these interviews, do you think that you've picked up little pieces of creative process from, uh, from these people you've interviewed or picked up pieces of like insight into like life in general or right. uh, creativity in general? And has that changed uh, any part of your writing process or the things that you want to write about from now on? You know, honestly, I... With regard to changes, I don't know. I don't think I've observed it myself, to be honest. So even I'm not entirely sure because even if I have picked it up, I'm. it must have happened subconsciously for sure. I don't know, like maybe I don't know how much of a good or bad thing this is, but I'm clearly not very observant in some senses of what I'm picking up externally sometimes and how that's being incorporated. Mm-hmm. I realize much later. You know, because suddenly okay. I'll, I'll be going through a piece and then be like, oh, wait a minute. Like, when when did I learn to do this? Or when did this happen? Or I was like, oh, I've changed the way I, I look at this, you know. So that's yeah. kind of what happens. So I feel like it's still early for me to like kind of sit and pinpoint that, oh, this is what's changed. But interestingly, you know, one thing for sure is that it's definitely these conversations have reinstated certain thoughts and beliefs I, I have. Like, for example, Mm -hmm. like, you know, one thing is that everyone was like, you know, you need to keep practicing every single day, your craft, you need to put in the work, there's really no such thing as an overnight success story or whatever, there is, there is a lot of work that goes behind, you know, any kind of art form or any job for that matter, there's a lot of work that goes in and there's a lot of hard work and you really need to kind of go at it. And also, I think, with life also things like you know kind of don't be too hard on yourself kind of go with the flow don't be so Mm -hmm. rigid and you know whatnot so I think those have really helped me kind of reinstate uh, certain beliefs in that sense so yeah that's uh, pretty Mm -hmm. much where I'm at I think with that (laughs) that's so cool I mean yeah I think um I wrote this question to think like, okay, maybe she had like some big epiphany. <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> not yet. That hasn't happened yet. We're, this is only halfway. Once we get to the end, that's when the epiphany moment will happen. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I think that might be the, the moment. <laughs> uh, and just because I, I obviously have like a bunch of other questions in, like to your writing process in general to ask for. So the last question uh, related to the podcast that I want to ask and uh, yeah. feel free to be biased considering I am interviewing you is oh my God. <laughs> who is your favorite person to interview so far you know I feel like answering this question is just going to get me into a lot of trouble so <laughs> I'm just like how can I answer this but it's <laughs> you uh can I can I put a clause that you can't be diplomatic or is that too mean oh uh, no I mean okay see the thing is and And I'm really, when I say this, I'm really not being diplomatic. But the thing is, like, all my conversations have been so different because people are, they're all from such different backgrounds. Like, you're a graphic designer. There's Rave, who's Mm -hmm. a screenwriter. There's Ashwin, who's, like, working in Microsoft. There's Samer, who's getting an M, who's an engineer getting an MBA. So it's so different, you know? Like, my conversations are so different with each of them because we're talking about such different things in different industries and like just different aspects of life 
okay so yeah. it's it's difficult to see and also we're just halfway through the season like i have to interview more <laughs> people so i don't know yeah. but um but there was definitely one episode that really one conversation that really inspired me and that was with the mm-hmm. uh, um raja rajeshwari mahita uh okay. purely because you know she's someone who's like from my parents generation okay mm-hmm. and she discovered like her calling in her 50s which mm-hmm. i thought was incredible and just yeah. you know listening to her story her journey having a conversation with her i learned so much about life and just the experience she comes with and she's so professional she's so talented and and she was really kind because she recorded her episode with me when she was sitting in sri lanka uh, filming for a bbc series she had oh, she wow. did, yeah she didn't need to do that but she did you know and that, that was like and purely because we had connected because both of us were published in the same anthology in early 2020 that's how we connected and i reached out to her when i got the opportunity to do the podcast and she was so you know kind about it and she was like very willing to be a part of it and we had a really nice conversation and i'm really grateful we had that and i really hope i get to talk to her again because i really took mm-hmm. back a lot because you know she talks about her life journey about you know ageism you know finding uh her calling at that age and kind of going after what she wants and like she moved to bombay in her 50s and you know pursued like an acting career and like a writing career and storytelling career which is like incredible and to mm-hmm. hear from someone from that generation to who's really going all out in that sense it really again sort of reinstills the beliefs i guess from someone from my generation right because we're constantly talk, talking about authenticity and going after the things you love and to see someone from like a previous generation who usually doesn't advocate for things like yeah. that to see someone like mm-hmm. that be an actual example of that is just incredible and like i love that conversation i think that was very inspiring for me honestly yeah i mean yeah i think uh, career changes are like probably one of the scariest things a person could ever do and yeah like as you said like once you get to a certain age i think a lot of people just resign to the fact that okay this is what i'm doing i'm doing this 9 to 5 and this is what i'll do uh till i retire and then yeah. after that you know who knows exactly but, uh I think I had like a similar experience when I was at uni um for like about like that brief year that I did design and okay. there was this man in my classes I think he was about also about 80 or something and he had just he just decided he was just like this is what I want to do so there was this man who just seemed so out of place but at the same time he just seemed like he was having a lot of fun wow and okay I think I just looked at him and I'm like okay yeah so there's it's I think it just you know advocates for the fact that there's no age in which you can't decide that you want to do something else with your life yeah definitely for sure i mean more power yeah. to these people for sure yeah <laughs> seriously like i think they do serve as an inspiration to everybody it's just like at any given point if you just feel like it's not clicking anymore just start afresh like start something new and like it's scary but at the same time it could be extremely rewarding yeah for sure um so yeah so that like i'm going to hold on to my promise and that would be the <laughs> the last uh, question about the podcast so coming a bit more to your personal life and your career how is writing uh fit into everything else has it been do you feel it's more of an outlet for your day to day life or just something you do on the side or is it more of an escape from your day to day life so you know interestingly i don't think i've ever looked 
at writing as an escape i think it's always just been a way for me to express when i can't otherwise that's how it mm-hmm. started because like in 2016 17 i was going through like a fairly rough patch in general and i was really mm-hmm. low on like self confidence and what i had no idea where my life was going and i just started my blog on a complete whim and i started purely because i was feeling really frustrated one day i had no way of letting out that pent up frustration i just opened my laptop opened a word document and just typed and i had no idea what i was typing and suddenly half an hour later i had my first poem that's literally how mm-hmm. it started it was just <laughs> because i was so overwhelmed and i needed to like it's like i needed to get something out, out of me so i just started yeah. writing and i felt it was so cathartic to do that and that's really how writing started it was just a way for me to kind of express myself get my emotions out whenever i'd feel extremely overwhelmed which is why i was very mm-hmm. sporadic with the things i was posting also because it wasn't very regular then it, it just so happened that you know i mean lockdown happened and what not and i started doing it more and you know like i think god's been kind where i've gotten like certain opportunities where i've been able to really you know explore the craft and you know produce like some decent work and hopefully i'll i'll keep you know working on good good projects and do good work so yeah that's that that's been really great you know and interestingly i feel like writing has also just been a way for me to process reality and life you know it's mm. it's really been that it's never that's why i say i can't look at it as an escape because it's actually a way for me to face reality um yeah. that's how it's it's always been for me and interestingly like even say with my newsletter which i started earlier this year i mean i've been on a bit of a hiatus for the past couple of months just because of things i've been going through in my own like personal life and yeah. i'm planning to like finish it like obviously close the year with of like a newsletter and mm-hmm. i'm actually a little scared to write that because i'm scared of what might come out because i'm so unfiltered when i write i'm so unfiltered yeah. that you know once it's out i'm like okay how much of this do i keep how much of it is too much is this going to be like too heavy for someone to read and then at some point yeah. i'm just like okay you know what i don't care i'm just going to put it as unsanitized <laughs> as it is and god knows what it's going to trigger in who but um yeah i mean that that's really what writing has been for me it's just been a way for to really process reality and my own feelings yeah. and thoughts about things for sure Yeah and that's such a good way to put it as well i think a lot of uh, people that write like there's i mean there's obviously many reasons that people write but i think one thing that uh, i would say that i feel like everyone should get into a bit of writing is that that's how you can be you can be so unfiltered with your own thoughts and even if you're not sharing with it with anybody just write it put it down on like either like digitally or put it down on an actual piece of paper and just get it out of your system yeah for sure oh yeah, yeah. it's like recommend. a weird form of therapy <laughs> yeah it really, it really is i feel so good after I, like oh my god it's like <laughs> it's like oh so this is what i was feeling and this is what i actually think and, you yeah. know it's like yeah. finally i figured it out this yeah. is okay now yeah. now i can move on to the next issue <laughs> yeah exactly oh my god yeah <laughs> uh. so so i've wondered this for a while now and also because you say like you write very unfiltered uh, like you write you know very unfiltered and that you know some of your pieces can be a little hard and saying all that why marshmallow i just i have to ask why marshmallow because yeah. marshmallows are anything but unfiltered and hard they're like soft and delectable pieces of sweet yeah, but i'm a moody marshmallow <laughs> yeah okay yeah that's true it is a moody marshmallow 
Oh, okay. But yeah. So why, why, why the name Marshmallow? Okay. Or like, Short. why is Marshmallow in the name? Yeah. Okay. So short story, um, the name, because I love marshmallows and I'm moody. That's the short answer. Very straightforward. <laughs> but the long, I'll tell you the long answer to this. Okay. So um, the long answer is, so when I was um, living in Boston, when I was doing my master's uh, in international mm-hmm. business, so I don't know why, but I was really, so I love dessert in general. I love mm-hmm. anyone who knows me. I love chocolate. I love dessert. I'm huge on sugar, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I had this when I was, especially when I was in the States, when I was in Boston, I was obsessed with this uh, like dessert thing called s'mores. For those who don't know what that is, it's like basically graham crackers with chocolate and marshmallows and you toast it. It's usually done like over a, like an open fire, like a bonfire or campfire, whatever. Or mm-hmm. you even have a lot of like restaurants and stuff who do it. So I was obsessed with like toasted marshmallows and that dish and obsessed so much to the point that one of my classmates suddenly just started calling me marshmallow at one point. <laughs> So that name just kind of caught on with the international students. Like they had like, they used to call me Marshmallow. They also used to call me like Sangria because it was easier to say Sangria instead of Sangita, apparently. Sangita. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that's how it started. And I was like, you know, and then like, I don't know why suddenly one day, like the name just came to me. I was like, oh, what if like, I was like the moody Marshmallow because I'm a very like moody person. At least I think I'm very moody. Some I have like major mood swings sometimes, I think. Yeah. So <laughs> I just randomly, I don't know for what, and I just decided to change my Instagram handle to the moody Marshmallow. And this was like in 2015. Uh, 14 or 15 yeah so I just I just changed it and it was on a again complete whim I just changed it and I just left it like that and it stayed so yeah and yeah so even when I started my blog in 2017 I was like what do I name the blog I was like oh my Instagram handle the moody marshmallow let's just name it it that so that's real and interestingly the names like caught on like so much Mm -hmm. to the point that you know like recently like recently as in like I think it's been about a year now but like one of my friends like she got engaged and she was having like this small engagement like party of sorts where like she and you know her fiance were kind of like introducing their friends to each other and stuff and kind of announcing their engagement Mm -hmm. so you know I went in and obviously we're all introducing each other and my friend goes yeah 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 this is Sangeeta like she's the moody marshmallow and everyone's like oh you're the moody marshmallow and I was like (laughs) oh my god what is this you know like (laughs) suddenly like now people know the moody marshmallow but they don't know me so it's very like I don't know it's it's It's, such a yeah it's a very out of body experience I I, I don't know what it is but I'm just like okay well I'm glad the name has caught on but yeah it's it's really funny but yeah I think that's always a good thing when you have a name that you like yourself and then eventually other people start to associate um even if they don't recognize it immediately start to associate that name with you yeah that's how brands are that's how brands are created at the end of the day like it's like something that you just start like you pull this name out of the air and you just hope that it catches on enough that people will remember it yeah I mean that seems to be what's happening I mean hopefully that continues but yeah let's see so in line of that and like because you said uh you've mentioned that you've got your Instagram page the Moody Marshmallow and you also have Marshmallow Musing yeah um and both of those have a combined following count now of like over 1k um and in just like in the lines of like because lately there's been a lot of 
like there's a lot of like backlash with how Instagram's algorithm right. functions and how follower counts grow and things like mm. that. Do you think you would want to try to increase that number? Like, is mm. it is it just a number? Is it just like so followers? Do it, does it matter so much? Or because you are trying to create potentially this brand identity, yeah. would you want to increase that follower count as a priority? Or at the end of the day, is it just a number? And for you, is it just like, listen, I want to write and that's all that is. Yeah, no, no, I get what you and interestingly, this is a conversation I've been increasingly having with people around me, I think just because of the more work I've been doing. And mm-hmm. um, so like a fun fact, well, I don't know if it's fun, but it's a fact. But um, <laughs> basically, I think till like 2017 or 18, I actually had over a 1000 followers on my personal page which is the Modi mm-hmm. Marshmallow. And then what I did is I kind of just removed half my followers and brought it down. Uh, the reason okay. I, yeah, the reason I did that was because I'm like, hey, wait, this is like my private page. Why do I need so many people following me? So I was like, how many okay. people do I, like, do I actually want on this account? Mm-hmm. And accordingly, like I removed followers or whatever. And I kept mm-hmm. it that because I was like, see, this is a place where I'm sharing like personal and I, I enjoy Instagram. I love it. Like I will, yeah. like if I feel like it, I will post. I don't care how many likes I'm getting. I don't care what comments I'm getting. I do it because I want to post something. I was like, oh, I look good today. I want to put this up. I will post it. That's literally yeah. <laughs> like how I do it. I was like, oh, like food. I love, I enjoyed this dish. I'm going to post about it. I'm going to post like <laughs> 10 stories about my day today. I'm not going to post at all today. That's literally how I have on my personal account. So I enjoy yeah. Instagram in that sense. But, you know, like at the same time, I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of public scrutiny because yeah. like people can be really unforgiving (laughs) yeah and really mean you know and I mean see of course I can like restrict comments and do this that and all that but then I don't I don't know how well I deal with it which is why I'm saying this is a conversation I've been having because obviously like I understand the power of social media Mm -hmm. and I understand what it can do for me if you know done correctly and done in a way and if I'm authentic enough to myself I understand what it can you know do for me and I know for a fact that if I open up my personal page tomorrow my follower count will increase I don't know significantly or not but there will be a certain increase I know that for sure so yeah like I I know it sounds very narcissistic but the reason I can say (laughs) that is because I have a fair number of follow requests on that personal page which is why I know so so I know it will go up to a certain degree but Mm -hmm. you know I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of you know public scrutiny of like you know oh this is the kind of person this is the life I you know she leads or like I don't know if I want that you know which is why I started yeah. the public page where I only post my writing. You won't see, like, it's only my work. There's nothing to do yeah. with my personal life on that. Mm-hmm. And with that account, the thing is, if it organically grows, I'm happy. I mean, see, it's not like, like I have like, I think like 470 followers or something on that right now, which I'm very mm-hmm. content with. I'm okay with because the other thing is I'm very happy with the quality of followers I have. Like, yeah. It's great to have the numbers, but it's also like who is following my work and are these people actually getting my work? Are they, you know, on the same page as me in terms of, you know, the kind of work I want to do and stuff. And thankfully, it has been like that. And like, listen, I have people and I'm very, again, very grateful for this. I have like pages like the Aleppo Post and like Bound and like the team members at Bound and, you know, like 
like Pragya Bhagat and like Castro Smith and stuff following me, which I'm very mm-hmm. like happy about. Like these are people who reached, like who saw my work and they liked it and they followed me back and I was so happy. Dude, the entropy mag follows me, which is like yeah. for anyone who's into writing and like lit mags and stuff, they'll know. Who, like so, for me, those are like those are a big deal. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I have so and so following me. For me, that is a bigger deal than oh X Y Z. Like it, it's great to have the numbers. Not denying that, I understand the numbers would definitely do things for you. And it's um, see, it would be amazing for me to have a page like say a Ron Writings or an S R W Poetry mm-hmm. who have massive numbers. Okay, and they purely yeah. only post work. Like it's only yeah. text on their pages, but I mean, it's beautiful. Like, you know what, what they post. So I, it's very well-deserved. I get that. If I can reach that stage, then, you know, well and good, I'd be like extremely happy, but I'm okay with that slow organic growth. And having said yeah. that, there are also like writers, like well-established authors also who don't have much of a following, but they're doing like quality work. Like you'll hear about yeah. them in the press or like at some lit fest or something, but you go see their social media. Like it's, it's really not much of a presence. They just have like a few hundred followers sometimes or not even that, yeah. you know, but they're still doing great work. So, you know, having said that, that's what I'm st- there with social media. Like if my public page does well. Great. With my personal page, I'm still very iffy about going public with it purely because I don't know if I want to put myself through that honestly but yeah. it, it it is a conversation I've been having because I know there is a lot I can do with the personal page and I can get a larger reach but also I know the cost of that larger reach is you know that mm-hmm. kind of public scrutiny and sort of judgment which like I don't yeah. know if I, if I really don't know if I want to deal with that honestly speaking so yeah. yeah I think that's where I'm at right now with that yeah I definitely agree with not wanting the judgment. I think I also like made my uh, personal like page vet, like private. And I was just like, yeah, I, I don't know if I want these people to, to be like, you know, here. I'm like, it's very weird to have, like, I think with social media influencers and stuff, it's like there are people following you just because of the way you look or just yeah. to, like comment like things about the way you look and it, it all it could also make you very very self-conscious oh, yeah. uh, in in not in the worst way possible it, it makes you want to uphold this sense of person that's entirely fake and I, I kind of feel bad for some of these uh, public influencers and I'm like how do you so how do you do it how do you how do you put up this facade every day and you're okay with it yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I guess like because of that, they they do get the sponsorships and they they mm. are making money off of it. So that's that's their end game for that. Yeah. Uh, oh. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not easy. Oh my god. And I think it's also the thing is I feel like see everyone to some degree wants fame, but the problem is not everyone knows how to handle fame. That's the other yes, thing. Yes. You know because that for is some definitely true. Some people it just unfortunately like either goes to their head or they break down or it's like it's not easy you know and this is a question I've constantly I've asked myself I'm like do I do I actually want like do I want to be a public persona do I want to be famous do I want to like actually go in that direction because right now mm-hmm. I do have I do have that option it's 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 a conversation I've like I said I've been increasingly having with you know people around mm-hmm. me and to be very honest, I'm very happy if my work gets more recognition than me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I'm very happy going on the road and no one recognizing me, but people talking about my work that, oh my God, did you read this by so-and-so? Like that would make me very happy where I can still live yeah. like my 
private life or like you know to my the way i want to without people being like oh my god it's her walking on the road or some rubbish <laughs> i mean not that like i'm i'm also being like very narcissistic and be like yeah, yeah, yeah that's such a possibility but no like you know when i i really honestly thought about it i'm like do i really want that and i'm like no i'm very happy you know living my life in my bubble doing my own thing still like you know yeah. going to places i like going without having 10 people come up to me and be like oh autograph this that and all and I, like i said yeah. again i'm being very narcissistic thinking that this is going to happen but uh, yeah so no, i, I don't think it's i don't think it's entirely narcissism it's also like it's ambition like at the end of the day i feel like everyone wants to leave like a, some sort of legacy behind right there's always yeah, like sure. that part of you that's just like yeah like if even if it's just my family and friends that remember me when i'm gone but like that's the beautiful thing about creative work it's True. like even if uh, you're yeah. gone that stuff lives on it lives for on sure. through you yeah for sure so yeah i think i def- i would definitely want my work to like you said to live on and have that recognition and have like people appreciate it as opposed to like yeah. people like being like oh my god so and so or whatever but yeah i think that's <laughs> where i'm at honestly yeah so like how like just to like uh, have a little break here and like just a very random question that i think i've I've heard people like I've asked this about uh, like to myself and I've asked this to other people as well. Um if you could turn back time to 18 year old you like if you could go back in time right now and you're standing in front of 18 year old you what would you tell them about like your journey or like the future or what it holds or like would you talk to them at all like would you say anything? I mean I mean I don't think I would tell them what happens because I don't think 18 year old me would be able to handle what I tell them <laughs> to be honest about what happens in the future um but uh I think one thing I would definitely tell my 18 year old self is that you know um don't be so rigid don't be so hard mm-hmm. on yourself learn to go with the flow and you know take things as they come um it's going to be a very bumpy ride but you'll get through you will yeah. figure your way out and you'll grow and you you'll become proud of the person you become that i can definitely mm-hmm. tell them i'll like you'll be very happy with who you see in the mirror every day yeah. after you will so i think that is something i definitely tell them um interestingly you know i had i think last year when i was turning 27 i actually um wrote a poem or uh, Mm-hmm. to my 17 year old self so okay yeah so I, that is something so yeah i i think maybe i would even tell them that poem but um yeah i think just basically brace yourself for the ride but uh, <laughs> you'll you'll come out a much better and stronger person for sure yeah would you would you warn them about the pandemic would you be like listen uh... in a few years time the world is going to be locked down and everything's going to be on fire <laughs> oh my god you know honestly speaking like though the pandemic like i understand the lockdown was a very tough time for so many people and it was it was devastating cuz you know time literally came to a standstill for everyone yeah. but having said that i think i was very fortunate because the pandemic was when my career took off which is yeah. so cra- yeah that was when my creative career took <laughs> off so it was like crazy that it, it took the world to come to a standstill for me to find writing as a profession so <laughs> that's literally you know what happened with me honestly speaking yeah. because i just decided that oh i have time let me just focus on writing and, be- and because of that i got like certain opportunities and i could kind of you know pursue it and you know do things with it and 
it just one thing just seemed to work out after another and i'm grateful for that so yeah i'm really just taking each day as it comes and we'll see where it goes but yeah so in that sense i've been very grateful i mean of course it's been hard it has been depressing for sure i mean i've missed seeing people and it wasn't easy for everyone everyone had their own difficulties with it you had people you know living on their own i, I know how difficult it was for you because you were living away from home you were on your own in isolation and yeah, yeah <laughs> it 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 was hard like i was very privileged and fortunate because i was at home i was with my parents you know so i wasn't completely mm-hmm. like cut off and thank god for like zoom and other virtual things where you could still maintain some kind of contact with the outside world but yeah 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 that's true so like as as we've uh, established your creative career your writing career is like on the rise right now and there's so many projects and things that you're a part of aside from this podcast is the magazine and everything like we did agnesthesia and yeah. uh, your uh, your part of so many indie projects as well and like even like i think it was last year that you conducted the writing workshop which i was yeah. also a part of which is what led to agnesthesia yeah so what would you say was the turning point and this is like kind of my end all question what was the turning point from just posting poems on Instagram as like a hobby or just like you know okay yeah I'm just going to write this and I just want to put it out there what was the turning point from that to taking such a big step into what could be your professional career you know honestly i'm very and i know this is going to sound like very i don't know how this is going to sound but i i'm very i'm very wary of saying that i'm going to like become a writer or this is my career or to define my career because i feel like mm-hmm. each time i have done that with my life life seems to have other plans for me and i'm suddenly pushed in another direction <laughs> i really feel i'm seeing yourself <laughs> yeah I, i i really because you know like cuz like if you look at my career trajectory like see i was with my family business which was you know shipping and logistics then i was mm-hmm. in the legal field and then i decided okay i want to like do law or whatever the minute i decided yeah. that the pandemic happened and i was in lockdown <laughs> and then suddenly now i'm with writing now my fear is if i'm like oh like i properly say that this is what i'm doing and i suddenly i'm going to be pushed back into something else <laughs> so it's it's a very like yeah i don't know if i'm jinxing myself or if life is just playing dodgeball with me at this point but um yeah so like i don't know but i mean having said that uh one thing i can say is that i've never felt more fulfilled and satisfied than i do mm-hmm. with this with like this creative journey i've had honestly speaking i think if i can obviously find a way to make it work in a a monetarily sustainable way uh yeah. I, I, su- sustainable overall honestly then of course you know i'll stick with it and do what i can um but also i don't purely just see myself as a creative or just a writer or whatever because i feel like i do have a management side also to my personality mm-hmm. which i do want to incorporate somehow uh, how i do that yeah. in the creative space or so it's almost like i'm looking at a mix of corporate and creative because mm-hmm. i think that hybrid is is what i would love honestly speaking yeah. because i do have that management side to me and i do love that i do love organizing i love business development i love strategy or uh, consult like these mm-hmm. are things i really that's a part of me i can't you know keep away from and i want to incorporate that somehow i don't think i can purely just be a writer or creative i love that but that's just a part of me that's not fully me so i think yeah. 
to maybe find a way to incorporate the things I love and, you know, bring that together and create what would be really fully satisfying for me as a person. I think that Mm -hmm. would definitely be the end goal for me at this point. So can we look forward to a marshmallow musing writing studio anytime soon? Oh no, that's a great, that's a great, that's a great idea, honestly speaking. (laughs) But you know, no, but seriously, I feel like especially, you know, in India, South Asia, but even I think globally, publishing is a very interesting space, you know, and I feel like especially during lockdown and the pandemic, so many creatives have come out with so many things and it's, it's a space that's really evolving and is really, you know, people are making livelihoods out of their art now, which is incredible, Um, you know, thanks to social media and just other things and whatnot. So it's, it's definitely an interesting place to be in. And I think if you can find a way to sort of make a space for yourself, you will like thrive. If you have the talent, if you're willing to like work hard and you're able to kind of identify the right opportunities for yourself and if you're lucky enough to even get them, then I think you can make it for sure. But yeah, yeah, I mean, the only thing I can do and the only thing I know I'm good at is hard work. So I'll keep working hard. I'll keep, you know, (laughs) putting in the work and hopefully I'll keep getting good opportunities and I'll keep, you know, putting out good work and yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully it all goes well, but yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm still going to say fingers crossed. Uh, Sangeeta is going to come out with her own publishing studio for small artists. Woot, woot. And <laughs> the dream. <laughs> this is what we're going to look forward to. This is the future. Yeah. But I can actually, I can picture it. I think you'd be really good at it. I think you would make the space right for small time creators and I think like that's the thing yeah like social media is there but for a lot of people either they're too scared to approach an actual publishing house to get their works out there or if they do it on their own dollar sometimes they don't really see much return from it and that could dishearten people so if there is like some solution there that we as uh, creatives could contribute to as a collaborative you know project it's 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 a very interesting thought to have yeah for sure it'd be fun for <laughs> sure it's definitely it's definitely worth sleeping on and being hmm. but yeah i i do i do hope to kind of maybe start something on my own at some point but we will see what happens and what i come up with and how well i'm able to execute it but yeah <laughs> Well, you know, I'm always a phone call away if you ever need it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Of course. I will definitely <laughs> bug you with this makeup. <laughs> no, feel free. Feel free. I think that's a part of me. That's, that why, that's why I brought it up because I was also thinking about it. I'm like, hmm, this is a nice idea. <laughs> but I'm definitely not the kind of person to be able to start something like that by myself. But like, you know, <laughs> yeah. why not with the power of the South Asian creative community? Who knows for sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think that has been all of my questions. Um, it's really weird, but how do you think I did? <laughs> I mean, I had fun. I hope you had fun. I hope it wasn't stressful for you. I I was no, not stressed I out. I honestly, I had fun and I felt like I spoke a lot, which I don't know if it's a good thing or not. <laughs> oh no, definitely was. Definitely was a good thing. I think uh, we've learned a lot about you and this whole process. And I think that's what that's what the people are here for. That's what they're here to hear about. Oh, thank you. I mean, hopefully I've, I I don't bore people through this episode. And uh, <laughs> now when I sit to edit this episode, I'm oh my God, why have I spoken so much in these sections? What am I doing? Oh my God. But yeah, it should be no, fun. I, I, yes, it, it definitely will be. And I think, yeah, I, I have also had a lot of fun. I've never 
actually interviewed anyone before so this has been super interesting for me oh, yeah. well. no you were good <laughs> you should you should you should start your own podcast mega <laughs> no 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 <laughs> i i don't have i i don't think i have like the the drive to stick with something like this like i think the only thing that i like professionally have the drive to stick with is graphic design because it's something i'm very comfortable with yeah you're so very good at podcast Yeah, <laughs> to do a podcast, I think you need to have like that conversational space in your head to be able to do that. And I, I think my personality is such that I'm a very quiet person that I, I don't think it would work out very well. I do all of three episodes and be like, okay, guys, that's all I have to say. <laughs> no, no, hey, but you never know. You never know. Maybe when <laughs> I start that studio, suddenly we got you. Yes. Okay. I see how the the wheels are turning now. Yeah. Oh my God. But no, thank you so much, <laughs> Mega, for doing this. Um, absolutely love this experience. I hope our listeners enjoy this. You've been great. I hopefully I've not bored people. But yeah. Um. Oh, thank, thank you, you so, so much for inviting me on again. And yeah, again, always amazing experiences. Anytime you ask me to collaborate, and it's always such a fun thing for me as well. Oh, thank you. Well, that was new, and that was definitely a lot of fun to record. With that, we'll be taking a mid-season break. Don't worry, I'll be back in January. Wishing you all a very merry Christmas and a happy New Year. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I'll see you next year with new guests and new chronicles to share. Talk soon.